Welcome to the Resellers Niche Podcast, a show for e-commerce buyers and sellers where we investigate unique categories of items being bought and sold and show how research equals knowledge equals profit. And now your hosts, Russ and Mo. Howdy, folks. Uh, welcome to the Reseller Niche Podcast. I'm here with Russ. Uh, how's the weather in Florida, Russ? Mo, it is doing great. Still raining, but we're okay with that. Hey, nice. Mo, Mo, this episode's guest, I'm just ecstatic that uh, he, is, he has agreed to come on the show. Uh, he has been on eBay for since it started, basically. Uh, he has a few things going on. Uh, just, he is just a few, just, just a few. A few. Uh, he is the Titan of Tiki. He's also the Vicar of Vegas. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I think I've made that one up on him. Uh, he is, has the thrifting board. He has been on the thrift hunters was on that show was the lead and the secret beach. He's got YouTube. He's got tiki seminars. He's got live seminars. He speaks at eBay. He speaks at eBay Opens. And, of course, everybody knows who that is, Jason T. Smith. How are you, Jason? What's happening, guys? Thanks for having me on. What's going on? Not much. Not much. How's it going? Uh, I am good. You know, you, you're right. You know, when you, when you say all the things out loud, I'm like, shoot, I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was tough reading that. I mean, there's, you know, you, you're everything you do for the reselling community, you know, to further to getting that knowledge out there, and you start thinking about that. You know, that's that is a lot of time involved. You'll you'll pop on live. You'll pop on, you know, two YouTube channels that are very very well with Nadine, and then with your mom. I mean, yep. That and knowing it's not you just don't throw those things together it takes a little bit of time to put those shows together oh yeah it definitely so. takes time but but what is funny especially with uh, my my show my friend nadine uh 50 business with jna look it up uh is nadine's one of the kind of people who when we're we have different segments in our show so she at the beginning would write everything out and send it to me and i'd forget to read it and usually what i do is i've got all the stuff prepped but then like 10 minutes before the show she's watching me run around my office going what's my shipping tip what's my shipping tip and she just shakes her head she's you know she wrote it out six days ago and i'm still trying to figure it out but that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of because i have so much going on i don't have the luxury of laying around and you know really plotting it out because I do so many things and you know people keep saying lately how do you do it all and I'm like I'm not even sure anymore like I, I sleep a lot less than I used to you know I remember I remember a long time ago I was listening to two different people talk and, and this is not turning this into a, any type of political discussion but about 20 years ago I remember um Donald Trump said something and so did Puff Daddy or P Diddy or Sean Combs however you know him. and they both <laughs> said they're so busy and successful they only sleep like five or six hours a night. And I, I liked a robust eight hours a night. And I thought, no way, you cannot be successful and, and do what you need to do on five hours sleep a night. Well, cut to the last year of my life. I've been so busy with so many projects. I only get about five and a half, six hours sleep a night. And I do try and throw a 20-minute nap in during the day. But, you know, I, I get it now. And plus also, which I think the two, those two uh, guys would agree, the Donald and uh, the Diddy, is if you're doing what you love, you, you, it, you know, if you were working a job where you're just punching the clock, you, it would suck. 
But if you're doing what you love and you're helping people and you're just enjoying life every day, yeah, you can go on less sleep because you're just keeping going because you enjoy it so much. You're, it energizes you. It absolutely yeah. does. Especially helping people and seeing their successes. I love waking up, grabbing the iPad and like, all right, who has shared a success this morning? I, I, that just fuels me for the whole day. Nice, nice. So speaking about that, because you're talking about now, let's go back way, way back to where you started, maybe even before eBay. What started the passion with Tiki or anything even before Tiki? What, what gave you that first push to say, you know what, this is what I want to do. This is my passion. Well, I, uh, my grandfather and grandmother uh, retired at a younger age and moved to Hawaii. And my grandfather was passing away uh, due to uh, cancer, uh, not, not to bring the show down, but this was a long time ago, 1976. I think I was five years old. And so my first time in Hawaii, obviously, I had my little Hawaiian outfit, matching shirt, matching shorts. <clears throat> but that was really the only thing that was Hawaiian and tiki in my life until uh, the year 2001. My wife had got a job offer for us to move from Cleveland, Ohio, where we both grew up and lived. Uh, to Long Beach, California, and we ended up near the Belmont Shore area, which is right by the ocean, and we lived next to Lagoon, and, you know, you went from cold, crappy Cleveland winters to, <laughs> man, I'm living over a lagoon near the beach. This is awesome, and so living in Southern California, I'm kind of looking at our, at our we were in a two-bedroom condo. I'm looking around, and I'm seeing all the stuff that we brought with us from Cleveland, and I'm like, I'm tired of this stuff, and so she came home from work one day. I'm like, hey, we'll get rid of all our Cleveland stuff and start anew, and she's like, what do you want to do? And that's just when the Tiki scene had been reborn. Tiki died for about 20 years. It was completely gone from the 70s to the late 90s. And so I said, well, the t this Tiki thing's kind of going on. We live near the beach. So why don't we go with uh, Tiki, beachy, Hawaiian, and a little bit of pirate? And she said, oh, okay. Thinking it would be like, you know, just a couple things. Well, we have amassed an entire house full. I teach webinars on it. I buy and sell it daily. So it became our life, our passion, our enjoyment, but also my business too. So it was just a very conscious, let's do this, not knowing it would turn into a business and everything else. And because of it, I've, I've made all these new lifelong friends now. So it was kind of a good decision. It was a great decision, actually. Nice, nice, nice. And just, I mean, you, did Tiki just come out or were there other ideas that you had uh, rolling around in there possibly that, you know what? We may be talking about a different niche with Jason T. Smith. Uh, I don't know. Something else. Was it, or is there something else possibly it could have been? I don't think there's something else possibly. But, you know, had we not left Cleveland, this never would have happened. It was just okay. kind of the setting, you know. Um, we had this really unique condo where we had, we had three verandas. So we had one as you walked in the front. That's where we had like a little table and chairs. Then we had one overlooking the pool for the uh, complex and then one overlooking the lagoon. So this was very, very tropical and palm trees. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I got to really, really, because who knows how long I'm going to be here. And I got I to gotta really enjoy the Southern California living while I can. And so it was very much a, a, an effort, a, a specific thing to say, Hey, let's do this. And we did. Gotcha. And once we, once we discovered it, we discovered Tiki was more than just like the, the, the mugs and the art. There was the whole scene of going to the bars and drinking fine rum cocktails and Tiki parties all over the country. And man, you know, a lot of people collect things and get into niches, but my niche is fun. It's all about parties and hanging out with your friends and 
dark, mysterious bars. That's a ton of fun. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was one of those that just uh, you happened to go find and go, wow, eh, that's good. it wasn't the plan again. No, had no clue. Yeah. That was all part of it. But once I discovered, I'm like, yeah. And, you know, now it's been 17, uh, 16 years and it's going strong in our lives and, and, our, and my business. And it was the, probably uh, short of marrying my wife. It was probably the, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Awesome. Awesome. When you're taking that and going and saying for somebody's suggestion. Now, when you first started it, you just said, Tiki, you, you didn't know, uh, you know, you had no idea from that point. So take somebody through that of like getting to the point where you are the Tiki master or you are the niche master. So, you know, I jumped in and when, when I jumped in, you know, think about two, back in 2000, we all had the internet or at least most of us did, but man, it was slow. It was not like it is nowadays. We can't have these three-way conversations for a podcast. And so, but I used it already in, uh, I was selling online and um, I, I was already using it for research and stuff. And I, I noticed that this artist had just kind of come on the scene and he was painting uh, modern pictures that look like old pictures but they were tiki very whimsical and tiki and his name is shag and i showed my wife i go hey let's go buy some of his art maybe this is where we start and so he was actually oddly enough having a little art show with his new print uh within like three blocks of our condo so we just walked up and at that time he was so nobody the event started at seven we got there at six forty-five. we were the first two there and i said to the, the guy around the business i go the event is tonight, right? And he said, yeah. And I go, I expected more people than the four of us standing here. And now cut to years later, he's become so big and popular. Disney has hired him on multiple occasions. And when he's done releases at Disney, it has turned into actual riots because people were fighting for their space in line. MGM hired him to redo the Pink Panther. So he became this huge thing. Well, I met him and knew him and, and, and got in with him when he was young and new. And so I bought stuff that I always had the collector mentality. So I knew I'm getting into this new niche. I didn't know if it was going to be a big deal. But that day, I bought two sets of the same print. I framed one and hung it up, and I stuck one in a closet. And I paid 100 bucks back then, and today it's worth five to $600. So I had that forethought. And then once I got into it, you know, I'm very much a guy that wants to ingest it all. Like when I travel for vacation, especially to a place I've never been, I research it so much on the internet. By the time I get there, I don't even want to be there. Right. right. So, yeah. so I do, I do a little over researching, but man, I know it all. I mean, I know it when I'm collecting it. I know it when I'm traveling to it. And because I have this fear of missing out, I go to a place and, I'm, and someone goes, Oh, did you go to this great bakery? I'm like, shoot. I didn't look that up. Damn. <laughs> So it's all, so suggest to somebody, uh, not only what we had, like you said, the great things we have today, the internet, the everything, but person to person contact uh, is a great research tool like you did with Shag. And, oh and yeah, because yeah. And that was just like the first start. And then I found out at the time, this is way before Facebook. So kids, if you're listening to this, there, there was a time before Facebook. <laughs> and really there was, it wasn't social media back then, but someone who was into Tiki had built a website. So it, was, it would basically be like a Facebook group nowadays, but he built the website where we all kind of hung out and talked about the stuff we found, stuff we were selling and Tiki events. And so a guy near me was throwing a party and he said it was open. And even though he said it was open for anyone, I still felt like I should ask, you know, I was raised to be polite. 
And I said, I'd like to come and uh, my wife and I, however, my sister-in-law is in town. I don't want to, you know, just, you know, I'm inviting myself already. He goes, oh, no, no, the more the merrier. And from that moment, we've been great friends. I did a Tiki webinar last night. He listened in. So, uh, and I realized there was this whole little community of people within this niche that loved to hang out, loved to party, but loved to share. And, you know, when we go to each other's houses, you know, when you go to your friend's house, usually you walk in, you hang out, whatever you're doing. We go to each other's houses, we walk around the house going, ooh, that mug's new. You didn't have that mug last time. So it's <laughs> definitely become this thing, you know, it's this whole lifestyle. And so you're right, the interpersonal, when you're meeting friends and you're comparing notes, the, the internet definitely, and really paying attention. Like I was smart to pay attention really quickly when I thought we we're going to do this. Uh, and, and not at, really as a lifestyle, just wanted to change my decor a little bit, but it ended up becoming a lifestyle. Not every niche is a lifestyle, but this one wholeheartedly is. And, uh, and oddly enough, you know, if people who know what I look like, I actually am the weird one in, in my groups because most of my friends dress vintage every day. Uh, those of you listening right now, you can't see me, but I'm wearing a, a, a sleeveless t-shirt from Key West that I bought 20 years ago. That is not vintage nor, nor tiki, but, uh, I, I dress the way I like to dress, but when I go to events, I will dress up, but I definitely don't live it every day in terms of always wearing a vintage Hawaiian bar cloth shirt. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, down here in Florida, kind of the same way, you know, we have that, that, uh, decor and we get rattan or it, yep. you know, that rattan seashells, stuff like that. You can, you can get into it and it's just a fun, I mean, we, we, uh, we're getting ready to, to go on the road but you know that that we see rattan everywhere and it's like oh but i don't think there's many uh, tequila drinkers in rattan i don't know so it could <laughs> you know if you find the old stuff there there was a company named paul frankel that uh made some great rattan furniture and here's a here's a little bowl a little tip when you go to sell it the amount of strands of bamboo or rattan is how you sell it. So sometimes it's four strands, sometimes it's five strands, sometimes it's six. Six is the Mac Daddy. That's the one people will pay big money for. So you got some six strand Paul Frankel, like a chair and an ottoman. You can get like a grand or two grand for it. Oh yeah, some of it is really. I've got three chairs left that I'm that I'm amazed, and I found them on the side of the road type thing. I'm amazed the the value of those chairs. So. Oh yeah, yeah. So have you had? Um, other people ask you about, you know what, I want to get into a niche, but I, I'm not so big on, you know, tiki or whatever it is. Have you ever had to kind of guide them to kind of finding their own niche? Yeah. I remember one of the first times someone specifically asked me that question. I remember exactly where I was. I was at a house party. Uh, we had lived in Long Beach for two years. Then we, my wife got transferred up to Santa Monica. So we were living in Santa Monica right on the beach. And I started playing beach volleyball every Sunday with a gang of people. And that we were at a, at a party, one of their houses once up in, in Malibu, just drinking some beers. And one of the guys said, hey, you selling eBay, right? And this is like 2003. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, tell me. Tell me what I should sell. <laughs> That's how he said it. I'm like, well, it's just not that easy. I mean, I said, what do you know? You know, what do you like? Now, not everyone collects to the level that I do. But, and, and some people don't collect anything at all, like zero. But everyone has something they know about whether it be American Girl dolls or tiki mugs or baseball caps or trading cards or whatever it is, you either collect it or know something about it. And that's always what I say is where you should start because you always should start in your niche until you've exhausted it and then expand. Because when I started selling, uh, I'm a big music geek. So I'm just as big as a music geek as I am a tiki geek. 
And I, it's 2017. I still have 4,000 CDs up on shelves in my little library room. So yeah, I have not digitized everything because I like to have the product, but, um, those are only, the only two things for a lot of years. Those are the only two things I looked for. I looked for CDs, records, and Tiki stuff. And then I would leave the thrift store. And then one day I'm just standing in this giant thrift store, thrift store going, man, I bet you I can make some other money and other stuff here. So I wasn't planning on selling ladies purses and bras and pajamas, <laughs> but these are the things I've learned because once I've, you know, I've conquered the city and I've hit all the hotspots and got all the Tiki stuff I can, but I still wanted to buy more and sell more and make more money. So you got to get a, you got to start in what you know and then expand, but conquer what you know, own it, know it, learn it, research it, read books, get on the internet, talk to other people in it. That's how you learn it. But once you've conquered it and I feel I've conquered it, I, I mean, I still learn all the time, but I can walk in any place and see exactly what I see and go, Oh, yep, that's Tiki or that's not Tiki. But then I move on. Gotcha. Gotcha. That was an awesome segue. Because you're, uh, another thing I know you're huge on is music. Um, and have you noticed, I don't know much about the vinyl scene at all. Um, have you noticed, I know that people have been talking about a resurgence with that, with LPs and, and whatnot. Uh, is that back to stay or is it, do you think it's, uh, I mean, wh wh what are your thoughts on that? So Mo, here's how far behind you are. Guess what's back now? Cassettes. Oh my Cassettes. goodness. So you missed, you're still <laughs> so, wondering about the vinyl wave. I'm asking wave. that last year's questions. <laughs> you're wondering about the vinyl wave and cassettes are back. are back. Shows you what I know. Artists are releasing, some artists, not all, but some artists are releasing stuff on cassettes now and they're selling like hotcakes. It is insane. And I sell a lot of used cassettes on eBay. Yes, it is 2017. You're not listening to a podcast from 1982. <laughs> this is 2017. So yeah, vinyl, vinyl still is vinyl and cassettes now are the only forms of media with an uptick in the last five, six years. DVDs are way down. Blu-rays are down because it's definitely becoming streaming. CDs gotcha. are way off. But within the CDs though, there's still a ton of collectible CDs. I, I, I've been meaning to make a post in my group for the last two days and I'll, I'll probably get it up today. I sold an opera CD. I don't know anything about opera, but I, but I saw it. It looked, it looked amazing, and it was $25. And when I scanned it, I saw that the ranking on eBay, uh, Amazon, and we won't get into too geeky right now, was kind of high. But the ranking specifically when you, they broke it down into opera was really good, like 238 So I spent $25 on an opera CD not knowing anything about opera, and about a month and a half later, it sold for 75 bucks. Nice, nice. So after fees and shipping and everything, I got $35 profit, but CDs are easy to list, easy to ship, and so time is money. But vinyl, yes, vinyl, huge collectibles. Artists are releasing a lot more in vinyl every year because uh, people want them. People are buying record players. I currently have four record players around my house. I just bought I just bought my fourth one uh, last month because I needed a fourth. I, three, wasn't, <laughs> three wasn't enough. I needed a fourth. Now, I will not be buying the cassettes, but I do buy them when they get released on limited editions to flip. I'll, and they only sell them usually for like 10 bucks. And like the last one I flipped was a Paul McCartney and Elvis Costello duo cassette. I bought it for 10 bucks. I bought four of them and I sold them all for like $50 each. Nice. Nice. I think, uh, side note, I think the most odd sounding music I sold, I recently sold a Polish folk music CD on Amazon. Nice. I, had, I couldn't even read the cover. Uh, luckily it's scanned. Otherwise I'd be in trouble. 
Yeah. <laughs> even if it, even if you can't sell on Amazon and they're probably going to knock us all out anyway, yeah, yeah. at least use the Amazon app to scan because if nothing else, it will give you somewhat of a starting off point for the price. If yeah. you see, if you see 50 of them at a penny, leave it behind. If the cheapest one's 20 bucks, okay, then put a little, start putting a little thought into it. If you should grab it, if it's cheap, it's a dollar, it's a quarter, then get it yeah. because there's, there's no gamble in a buck or a quarter or 50, you know, People used to message me or call me, hey, Jay, I'm looking at this thing. It's 50 cents. Should I get it? Are you really wasting time to call me for 50 cents? <laughs> really? Waste time when it's 50 bucks because maybe it's a $200 item. Then I'll answer. Don't, don't waste time on 50 cents. Just get it. Yeah. And then I guess pick it. That's a good point you made there about Amazon since they're, uh, looks like they're cracking down. Would you say that eBay is taking an uptick now with music, uh, CDs in, in general? Yeah, you know, they haven't booted me yet, and I don't know what their criteria is because talking with other friends, I, I, I cannot understand the rhyme or reason to why they're doing it and the path they're taking. But, oh, well, I'm still selling, so till I get booted, I'm still selling. But, yeah, many friends have already moved over to eBay. I'm going to start listening some more on eBay too because I think I'm going to get booted at some point like we all are. Yeah. So, But I, I will keep listing and selling until I do, but I'm definitely going to start adding more on eBay. Okay, okay. And then um... – as far as, I guess, you're talking about CDs and you're talking about vinyl. Um, have you done much with the, the CD players and the vinyl record players that go with that on eBay? Or is that, uh, have you seen a kind of an uptick in that as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love finding old electronics, especially, uh, we're going back to cassettes. 80s yeah. boomboxes command a <laughs> lot of money yeah. in 2017. So, and walk and Walkman, you know. At, oh yeah, and, you know Guardians of the Galaxies, the Walkmans, the Sonys, the every, you know stuff like that is so fun right now. Okay, so did you see the new Guardians? I haven't seen the new one yet. Yes, yes. D did you laugh at the joke when he got the new? Music when he got player? the Zoom, yeah. <laughs> I was with a friend and my wife, and neither one of them laughed. I go, "Come on, that's funny." <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was every everybody on earth is listening on these now and it's a zoom. I thought that it's, was, it holds 300 songs, <laughs> right? Sorry if I just ruined the movie for anybody, by the way. Spoiler, right, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, yeah, usually you should say that before the actual before spoiler, the, right? Whoops. right. <laughs> whoops, we'll, whoops. we'll edit that in, or maybe we won't. I don't know. <laughs> we'll put but, that but, on. But yeah, you know, I've got a player in my, in my, I have a storage uh, bin down the street that I got to get uh, a player out of. I have a very rare 80s boombox. Now, it's not one of the big ones like the B Boys would have, it's a smaller one, but it has something I had never seen before a triple cassette deck in a, in a row. So it's a super long boom box. Not I'm wow. trying to figure out what the third one's for. I mean, you, you can play three tapes in a row without having to touch them. Oh, and nice. I was like the precursor to the multi-disc player. But nice. when I was doing research, I couldn't find it anywhere. I'm like, it's not the most amazing looking boom box. And it's not the biggest. It won't have the best bass, but man, it sure is unique. Might Jeez. have a prototype. You know, I never thought of that. Shit, I got, all right, I got to go, guys. See, I got to go get that out of my storage box. <laughs> <laughs> so. Jason, if other than tiki and music and stuff, what would be your third choice? Like, if you weren't doing tiki and music, what would be the next next choice? You know, music's been ingrained in me since I was a little kid. My uncle threw me on the back of his Harley and took me to see Charlie Daniels Band in concert at the height of Devil Went Down to Georgia. From that moment, I was hooked into music. Uh, and then Tiki's been, you know, in the last 17 years. But I've been a Star Wars nerd my whole life. I don't collect it like others do, but I could easily drift into that. And because uh, oddly enough, a friend had kept his whole 
childhood collection of Star Wars toys, and he's my age, mid-40s. And so I've been selling it off for him, uh, like on consignment. And so, you know, anytime you, can, anytime you can buy a collection of anything outside your niche, when you have to sit down and start researching it and learning it, you'll be in it. And so when, when I've been working on all these action figures and, and uh, vehicles and stuff, even though I know Star Wars really well, I'm starting to all, I know now all the nuances I'm looking for. So now when I'm out hunting, selling his stuff has made me a better thrifter because I'm back in it again. I know, I know which Luke Skywalker sells for the most. I know which Yoda sells for the most. You should have his cane, his snake, and his little wrap. Uh, and those are the things that I would not have been thinking about maybe two years ago, but working into it. Uh, and that's what I recommend for anyone. You want to try something new, go to a garage sale, go to a flea market. You see someone selling a whole collection of anything cheap enough, buy it, start researching it. Because even some things that don't seem like they'll be big sellers within any collection of anything, there are some serious gems. And once you learn them, that's what you're going to hunt for. Right. Okay. And then <laughs> since, since you mentioned that, are, are there any, uh, I guess, other areas that maybe people aren't, they're not big like niches right now something that's kind of like it's in the background but you kind of see you know what that's gonna be huge next year or 10 years from now well i don't know if it would be huge but i did, I did think of one good one so like tiki will never be huge huge in terms of like you know uh the masses but i can easily teach people that the other scene that i think is ripe for really hunting out good stuff is the rockabilly scene Okay. And most, most people don't know the rockabilly scene. Oh, I, uh, I'm, I'm in it. I don't look like I'm in it. I enjoy the music. And the big rockabilly event happens every year, Easter weekend here in Vegas. It's called Viva Las Vegas. And I don't know, like twenty or 30,000 rockabilly kids from all over the world descend on Vegas. And most of those people live and dress and, and uh, just exist like it's 1953. And most people, when, they, when you try to explain rockabilly to someone who doesn't know it, they don't get it. Okay. And then when I see people posting things in the group and go, would this be a good thing to use the rockabilly term? And then I see it. I'm like, uh, you don't obviously have, obviously have no idea what rockabilly is. So that is definitely something that could be taught. Again, it's a fun scene. The music's a lot of fun. Uh, when I go to these events, I'll see 20 year olds, uh, dancing, you know, doing like swing dancing. And then I'll see like the 70 year olds who did it the first time. Gotcha. And it's just, right. it's such a, again, a cool scene that does re revolve around cocktails again, which is a nice bonus. But, uh, over that weekend, when that event happens, there's like 80 bands on the bill for the weekend. And the bands play from like 5 PM to 4 AM, four nights in a row. It's, just, it's insane. Gotcha. But, uh, but outside that, most people don't know. They don't realize it still exists as much as it does. And so, Whereas when you walk in, you'll see a tiki mug, you know it's a tiki mug. Things won't be labeled rockabilly, obviously, but the clothing, the purses, the shoes, the accessories, the music, those are all things that can be taught. And again, it might be something like, like you enjoy selling it, you might get into it too. I, I, like, I like genres, niches, scenes that you actually can get into, not just collect. Right. Okay, okay. And then with the... I'm sorry, Mo. And, uh, and go ahead. A, a, with the rockabilly guys, uh, you know, they're at the ages we've lost quite a few of them. And, and, you know, like Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, he's still around and stuff. So they're still. And then, like here in Florida, rockabilly probably would see at garage sales because those people were the ones first in it. Yep. 
Yeah, so again, you know, you, you'll know the main players. You'll know the Jerry Lee Lewis, early Elvis, uh, Carl Perkins. But then when you start to learn any scene, you start to see the, the second level players and then the third level. Well, that's where the money is because everyone bought Elvis stuff. Yeah, right. Everyone bought Jerry Lee stuff. But when you start going down the line, and maybe you don't know who Wanda Jackson is, but Wanda Jackson's a huge player, still alive in the rockabilly scene. But some of her older stuff, people don't know who she is. But those who do know, they want it. So that, you know, like, like in the Tiki scene, Trader Vicks has been around since the beginning. He was the second player in the Tiki game from 1934. And there's still Trader Vic. He's not around, but there's still Trader Vic restaurants around the world. So, yes, it's collectible, but it's still being sold today. There's other places that were built and then were closed in six months. Those are the things that people are hunting for because they're so much rarer. Same kind of concept. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, I mean, uh, you have – as we talked about at the beginning, a million different things you're doing. So if we can just talk a little bit about uh, your channel and then uh, your uh, Facebook group and kind of go from there a little bit so people know how to find you, what you're doing, all the cool stuff you're doing. Thanks. Yeah, my, my channel on uh, YouTube is really easy to find. is Jason T. Smith. Uh, these are the times I like my common name when I tell people. It's easy to spell. <laughs> Um, uh, and I have, I, I do three YouTube shows uh, pretty much weekly. I do one with my friend Nadine called Thrifty Business, uh, with JNA. And we have our two year anniversary, uh, this week. And we've been doing a show almost every week for the last two years. And then I added a thrift hall, a weekly thrift hall where Nay and I show the things we found and give a lot of good bolos and what to look for is. And then about a year ago, I realized there was a whole segment of the reselling thrift and population that no one. No one was talking to and slowing things down. And that is the senior thrifter and the senior eBay seller. And my mom is one of those. She is 74 <laughs> years old. I'm raising my hand. I, I yeah. raise hand. <laughs> I'll be there soon. Yeah. So, uh, mom and I started a show called Selling Past Your Expiration Date, Being Thrifty Over 50. And I have gained a lot of new followers and I've helped a lot of people and it's so rewarding. And my mom instantly got fans and people would run to her flea market. Oh my God, I love you. So it was so <laughs> cool to do the show with my mom and see her get fans. So those are my three weekly YouTube shows that I do. And, and then I have a, uh, a free eBay, uh, eBay, a free face, Facebook group for anybody called the thrifting board. We're, uh, I think we're about 27,000 strong right now. And I only opened in uh, October of 2015. So I built quite a big group very quickly. And that is free for anyone to join. Come on over. We talk, uh, we talk all things thrifting and selling online. And then I do, I do too have uh, what uh, Russ mentioned earlier. The Seeker Beach is my subscription-based Facebook group where we, uh, those who want to really take their business to the next level and dive deeper, uh, that, that's where they end up because I do monthly webinars there. I have guest monthly webinars, extra bonus shows, how-to videos, and we're throwing a big bash for all the members this summer in Vegas. So not only like everything with me is not only work, but it is also very much fun. Nice. Nice. Because if, hey, if you ain't having fun, you, you, you've screwed up. If you get to the end of this ride and on your deathbed you go, ah, crap, then you didn't do a good job. <laughs> I'm going to get there and go, yep, I did it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Jason, I want to thank you personally, uh, one, for being on the show, and then also on that because as you were talking, I'm trying to think of the things that I've learned and sold just from being a member of the board, uh, of the thrifting board. You know, I've sold I've sold some bras. Nice, you know, I, nice. Yeah, and you, you would never every guy, and we've talked about it in groups and stuff. 
every guy would just goes right past those. We feel kind of weird when we first go into the bra section. Oh, yeah. And then one of them sells for like 20, 30 bucks, and you go, I don't feel weird anymore. There you go. And <laughs> now, can I, can I give you a little tip, Russ? Absolutely. Okay, so I, I felt weird the first couple of times, but then I'm like, hey, man, that's my job. I got to make money. I got to put food on the table. I got to pay the bills. I got to buy the rum, you know. So I, I, I got in there. I never, never cared about being embarrassed. People give me out looks. I don't care. I'm working. But here's the one time, being a man, especially being a man, 6'5", 265 pounds, here's the tip. One time there was too many ladies shopping in the bra section and I still wanted to shop it. So I shopped from the other side of the rack. So I was reaching through, which is very creepy. And (laughs) (laughs) here's the even more creepy part. At my thrift stores, the bras are two racks up top, down below. I was doing the down below. So I'm squatting down the other side of the rack. I reached through and a lady and I grabbed the same bra at the same time. And she's peering at me through the rack. (laughs) And I go, oh, this is creepy, isn't it? She goes, very. <laughs> so I stood oh, up man. and I said out loud to myself, okay, note to self, never shop from the other side of the rack. Always shop on the right side. Right. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. That, that's <laughs> you, you can't make this stuff up. No, that's good. Good. Yeah, just uh, again, thank you so much, Jason. Oh, thank you for having me on. It was, uh, you know, uh, I do a lot of hosting, and it is very nice to be on the other side of the desk for once. I like to, uh, I like to hop in and, and and talk and be and be be the interviewee instead of the interviewer. Okay, and then we have one thing we try to we got like a mini motto: research equals knowledge equals profit. If there's one thing that you have, you've already said a million things, but one little tidbit you may kind of leave with us uh, especially for newbies that might help them out yeah absolutely don't be afraid to fail and stick your neck out uh, if you've not seen my weekly youtube show nadine thrifty business we have we have a segment every week where we share our scores and there then we share our duds i've been in this game for almost 20 years and i still have duds because i'm always learning new stuff and i'm always trying new stuff if you're and if someone's not talking about their duds then they're not telling you the whole story so don't be afraid to fail and you will learn more from your duds, then your scores. Makes sense. So we want to thank Jason T. Smith again. Uh, we're going to have all his uh, social media links down below. I know I'm pointing, but nobody can see that. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a podcast. Wait a minute. <laughs> so from Russ and myself, we'd like to thank you for listening to the Reseller Niche Podcast, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks, guys. Mo, having Jason on is has been one of the greatest pleasures, uh, and one of the reasons we started this podcast is to have people like him on in, in his niches. Uh, just a uh, isn't his energy great? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we went through probably about three or four questions only, but each one of them he expanded on, and he took it and he gave his story and he broke it down and. You could see his passion, and you could see where he's coming from the whole time. Yeah, and not only his passion for you know, reselling, he and he and he's proven it by even coming on this show. He has a passion for helping other people. You know, I've seen him let people post in his groups that are starting YouTube channels, starting other Facebook groups. Uh, when when he knew when 
about this podcast. He said, please let me, you know, let, let's get together. Just, just an all around helping type person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, really appreciate it. And I mean, I mean, just listen to everything you had to say there. Um, I just wish we had longer to speak. We're going to have to have him on again. I mean, it's the, there's so many other things we could have talked about that we didn't. Uh, he get in the in that short amount of time though that we did have him on. You know, if you if you're listening, go back and listen to this a couple times, because there is so many pro tips in such a short amount of time. That yeah. I mean, it's just pro tip after pro tip after pro tip, and you can't beat that. Yep, it's like a verbal like, textbook on reselling, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. It was a pleasure having him on, and. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the Resellers Niche Podcast. If you're listening through YouTube, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to the Reseller Niche Podcast. Show notes and social media links are located at resellerniche.com. Please like and subscribe to us on iTunes.